We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Blatter. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And I got to offer a little disclaimer that you've probably already picked up on. Yesterday, had another middle school football game. As funny as it is to say as a football coach, I don't typically react that well to grass. I've got allergies like crazy. Uh, I'm sure you could already tell. I'm pretty stuffed up. And I'm apologizing for any any negligent sniffs that just happened to leak out in the middle of my rant about this 49ers game. Obviously, y'all don't need to listen to that. I'm going to do my best to uh, to keep it to a minimum, if not a zero. But if one does leak out, I apologize. I'm just, just putting this out there right at the start. All right, so I am going to work through this as quickly and painlessly as possible. But sometimes you just got to pull the mandate off. And that's kind of what the 49ers week one loss to the Chicago Bears felt like. 10 to 19, incredibly ugly, mistake-ridden performance from the 49ers. There's no other way to put it. We have a massive list of, or a, a massive concoction, a gathering of takeaways sent in by you guys on Twitter that I'm going to have to get through. So I'm going to get through my own thoughts. I mean, y'all already know what it is. There's there's really not a whole lot to sit here and and break down after a loss like that. If you watch the game, you'll know that it was pretty much a meltdown in every way, shape, or form by what looked like to be a, a superior team. I'll put it that way. But that's not how the NFL works sometimes. And this, this place can, can humble you in a hurry. And right now the 49ers are digesting a massive piece if not the entire humble pie. So let's just drop right into it. Kyle Shanahan, the post-game pre- press conference, hit the 49ers with, you know, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Uh, between him, Trent Williams, Trey Lance, it was clear that everyone knew that they blew this game. Trent Williams had a great quote. He said, it's hard enough to play against the opposing team, and it's even harder when you're playing against yourselves. And that was from one of, obviously, the most, uh, the most highest paid and most veteran players on the team. The 49ers' mistakes are what define this game 100%. Uh, there are other little things that you can talk about that influence the result. But in the end, it seemed like it almost solely came down to the 49ers, allowing the Bears to, one, stay in the game and capitalize off of new opportunities that were given them given to them by the 49ers. It was just as ugly as it gets. And just rattling through a list, you had Debo Samuels fumble in the red zone in the beginning of the game. Yeah, and then you had a missed uh, touchdown throw by Trey Lance to Tyler Croft, a wide open Tyler Croft. You had one blown, incredible, I mean, blown coverage doesn't even begin to quantify Dante Pettis, 49ers receiver, his 51 yard touchdown. That was his only catch of the game, was an unbelievably blown coverage 
where he was just by himself on the side of the field. Justin Fields was just scrambling all over the place and just kind of heaved it his direction, caught it, took it 51 yards for the score. So you've got that. You've got a dropped interception. That would have been on the, uh, you know, set up them up for a short field. You got sacks on thirds down, third downs that are taking them out of field goal range. You've got a, a litany of poorly timed penalties. I believe two of them were on third downs that eventually led to touchdown drives. So that's brutal. You've got a, a poorly timed, I think one of them was a holding penalty on Traverius Ward. You've got Greenlaw, Drake Greenlaw, who had a horrible game with a, a, a pair of, um, Unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, one a face mask, one kind of ticky-tack roughing the quarterback. Uh, you've got a Kinlaw defensive holding that gave him, set him up with a first down, uh, kind of just within the 10-yard line. You had another blown coverage for a touchdown later on in the game, and then Trey Lance threw himself a fourth-quarter interception. So, I mean, you it just rattled off a list of 10 things that the 49ers were almost solely responsible for just kind of giving way to to whatever the Browns needed. And the, the excuse me, I said Browns, I meant Bears, obviously. It just seemed like for a team that really, really struggled to move the ball in the Bears, the 49ers had them stifled for the vast majority of the game. The 49ers just found a way to keep them in it. I mean, if you're just comparing the two offenses or, or you know, productivity statistics, the 49ers had 17 first downs to the Bears, 15. The 49ers were 8 of 17, just a little under 50%. The Bears were 5 of 14, almost 30, a little over 33%. Uh, the 49ers have way more yards, 331 to 204. They ran more plays. They averaged more yards per plays. They had more rush yards. They had more passing yards. And then the biggest discrepancy of them all is the 49ers, 12 penalties for 99 yards compared to the Bears. Three for 24. 49ers also had a pair of turnovers. Just an ugly, ugly game. The 49ers even dominated, I wouldn't say dominated, but exceeded the Bears in time of possession, 33-28 to 26-32. Everything about this game on paper, other than maybe uh, you know the penalties, obviously that's on paper, it says the 49ers should have won this game, but they found a way to lose. It was pretty unbelievable to watch. Uh, a meltdown. In the end, will it matter? It could. You know, it's an NFC game, but it's week one. The 49ers are obviously going to come out of this pretty irritated, pretty pissed, pretty annoyed that they found a way to lose a game that was very, very much winnable. I mean, to put it lightly, I mean, that's about as in-depth of analysis as it gets. But And then when you get into the specifics, obviously the player in the biggest spotlight was Trey Lance. And I thought... The best way I can put it is uh, Trey Lance did not have an amazing game other than the turnover. I didn't think he had a bad game, especially when you consider the fact that a lot of his passes or a decent chunk towards the end came when the, no quarterback had any any right throwing the ball in that weather. Right when the 49ers needed to come back, the rain just started boom pouring. Trey Lance finished 13 of 28. That's 46%. That's about 20% off of what's considered decent. 164 yards, uh, no touchdowns, and an interception for a 50.3 quarterback rating. You compare that to Justin Fields, he went 8 of 17. Um, he only completed 47% of his passes for 120 yards, two touchdowns, again, basically two blown plays, and an interception for an 85 rating. So, anyways, back to Trey Lance. I didn't think the I didn't think Trey Lance played bad. I thought for most of the game. He seemed to have a pretty solid grasp of the offense. He didn't seem frazzled. He didn't seem – he seemed really calm. Even Trent Williams said after the game, like, that is why they've handed him the keys. He's calm, and he – right after the game in his press conference, somebody asked how he felt about the game, and he instantly rattled off like six, maybe seven plays, specific plays, specific moments where he missed the throw, made a bad decision, and, you know, it, it was – Trent Williams was obviously impressed at the way that Trey Lance was taking responsibility. But back to my initial point, I thought the way the 49ers played this game cost them more than how Trey Lance played this game. And I'm certainly not absolving Trey Lance of what ended up being a pretty poor game. But the entire team melted down around him. Trey Lance, it seemed like in a way, and I know this might seem crazy to some of you, in a way, it seemed like there were moments where the 49ers were lucky to have Trey Lance in this game from 
um, designed runs to scrambles to quarterback sneaks to finding a way to buy time and 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 get get eyes down the field and make a play. Like I don't, I'm not entirely sure how Jimmy Garoppolo would have fared in this game, but it was rough. You know, the the 49ers offensive line was not good. Was not good. They were giving up pressure at an extremely alarming rate. And you know, unfortunately, Trey Lance's performance is going to be defined by that fourth quarter pick. The saddest thing, and I don't know. I guess it's just how NFL Twitter works. I, I've, I'm sure I've probably done the same. But the moment Trey Lance threw that interception, you just saw like half of NFL Twitter just explode with either a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo or something to do with the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come into the game. You know, he'll be Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo might be the 49ers cornerback sooner than I thought. It was like it was just really low hanging fruit. And you're like, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, were you guys literally just sitting there with this tweet saved in your drafts, just ready to fire it off? It was it was just opportunistic. I thought it was funny. It's just like, really, guys? Like, come on. Do we are we gonna have to listen to this after every Trey Lance interception all year long? I don't know. I don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> and it's not because I'm rooting for Trey Lance and not rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo or the inverse. It's just really like uh it's a it's a lack of creativity, I guess you could say. It's just so status quo. So anyways, let's keep moving on. Trey Lance was, he was good at times. He struggled at times. He made a couple of throws that were very impressive. One to Ray Ray McLeod that went for about 40 yards. I think that was like just over the hands of linebackers, but couldn't be too far. Cause you had the, the next level of the defense made a couple good ones to Brandon. Ayuk. missed a couple ones that he obviously is going to wish he had back. But my biggest thing that I've already said is I just didn't see Trey Lance as like the reason the 49ers lost this game. Now, could he have done more to keep the 49ers in the game? Keep drives going? Absolutely. He was certainly not perfect by by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he would be closer to bad than perfect. But it was just such a horrible game from so many facets that there were times where I was like, damn, like the 49ers might be worse off without Trey Lance right now because this is just horrible on, on so many accounts. Right when the 49ers needed the most from Trey Lance, it started pouring like and when I say pouring, I mean maybe that's not even uh, the correct word usage. It was a torrential downpour. The entire field was covered in random puddles. They had to change the broadcast to where the white lines turned black, so you had a chance of seeing them. It was about it, as bad as it gets. And I want to say Trey Lance probably threw six, seven, eight passes in that t- those types of conditions, passes that you wouldn't even. The only reason you're throwing those passes is because you're down on the scoreboard. Had at, at, In any other scenario, you would never ask a quarterback to throw in those conditions unless the game depended on it like it did for the 49ers. Trey Lance said he felt good after the game. It wouldn't surprise me if he was very sore. He also ran for – he ran 13 attempts for 54 yards. His longest run was 13 yards on a play where right after where Brandon Ayuk got flagged for a pretty ridiculous offensive pass interference and uh, Trey Lance right after that on the very next snap did a quarterback draw and picked up, picked up the first down. It was just an impressive play. You got to wonder how sustainable that is. I mean, not all of Trey Lance's runs were designed runs, but obviously Kyle Shanahan's going to have to have a conversation with him about trying to make sure, maintain his health. You know, you did the last thing the 49ers need is to hurt Trey Lance. Then you have no choice. It is Jimmy Garoppolo coming in. So um, just a few other things that I noted on here. Again, the biggest thing was the penalties and how poorly timed they were. It really cannot be overstated how badly the 49ers botched this game. And what's crazy is most of it happened on the defense. And it was a defense that was playing at a really high level. It it seemed like the Bears were going to be able to do nothing all game. And a couple blown coverages and a few extremely poorly timed penalties just allowed them to do exactly what they needed to do to get away with the win. It was... um, it was crazy. And you add in the Trey Lance interception that did result in a touchdown, but at the same time, the 49ers were never able to come back down the field to begin with. So the Bears could have been in ahead by could have been ahead by one or twenty-one, and the 49ers still would have lost because at that point the weather just didn't permit the 49ers to do anything. I mean, even simple plays where Trey Lance just dubbed it off to Kyle Ushak in the flat, it was just dropped. And 
it just it was like that. So the 49ers couldn't capitalize on the part of the game that they needed to play well during, which was when there was little to no rain. And by the time things got out of hand, the weather wouldn't even permit a comeback. So it was uh, it was disheartening to say the least. I'm sure a lot of 49ers fans out there are feeling like the world is crumbling, but it's not. It's week one. It's it's a loss that you're hoping doesn't haunt them as we move down the schedule wherever the 49ers end up. It's just uh, one of those things. It, it just you could feel it building up throughout the game. A, a mistake after mistake after mistake. You could feel it coming, and it was uh, it was exactly kind of. It's hard to it's hard to quantify those types of things. You could just with every mistake, you were like, wait. They're really going to let the Bears stay in this game. Oh, yep, they are. Oh, yep, oh, now they're losing, and oh, and uh, they lost. So it was just one of those slow builds that you almost couldn't believe was happening. A few more notes. Uh, obviously, I, said, I mentioned this. Dre, Dre Greenlaw had a horrible game, uh, had a, f- a few penalties attributed him. I believe he was the one that got beat for the, the blown coverage uh, late in the game. I'm not, it's hard to tell what coverage they were playing, who blew what, but it, it really seemed like it was on Dre Greenlaw. Um, to injuries, running back Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Shanahan said he was unsure of the severity, uh, but the fact that the 49ers were very quick to rule him out after the knee injury during the game doesn't exactly bode well. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Let's peruse over to my Twitter that I should already have up. We have an onslaught of takeaways from the game like if you if you weren't aware of it we'd established this during the preseason after the 49ers games win or loss i'm going to tweet out on my uh on my page that you know it's takeaway time this one i started with a wince it says winces with stars around it because i knew what was coming and i believe we've got almost 50 replies here so we are going to go through these at lightning pace i don't want you guys to have to listen to me and my stuffy nose any longer than you have to. But if you are here, I appreciate it. I, I can understand if it's not the most incredible listening experience. Hopefully, I haven't let any sniffs creep through. I'm doing my best. But let's get started. I'm scrolling all the way to the bottom because Twitter doesn't do things in chronological order for whatever reason. And let's roll. Okay. Very first one, Zach Stanley. Lance can't read a defense. His arm isn't as strong as we thought. He barely even throws a spiral. The quarterback we should have taken was in the other side. Kyle Shanahan call, play calling was atrocious. Uh, that seems a little dramatic. I didn't necessarily see any of the things that you saw when it came to Trey Lance. Again, he by no means had a great game, but I think he can read a def- defense. That'll be obviously be something that he improves on over time. Uh, I think his arm is just as strong as we thought. And he barely ever throws a spiral. Well, I mean, no one's no one's going to throw a spiral of that type of weather. I mean, you could, but it, I wouldn't blame a quarterback for not being able to throw a spiral in a torrential downpour. And I would not have taken Justin Fields over Trey Lance. Um, Kyle Shannon play calling may have been bad, may have not been bad. Every play call that doesn't work out looks bad, you know. And, and there's probably that's what film is for. There's probably a ton of things that they're going to go over and specific reasons as to why plays didn't work out. So anyways, let's keep moving on. Again, I I would like to spend more time on these takeaways, but we've got a lot of them, and I want to get to everybody's. I don't want to stiff arm anybody. So let's keep going. Riffle Rick, Lance doesn't know how to escape pressure other than running upfield into contact. Hope he learns something from field's play. Uh, I mean, sure, uh, every pressure is different. You know, where the pressure comes from dictates how you escape it. Uh, Lance was doing some wild back and forths, uh, as opposed to Trey Lance, just either getting upfield and trying to find a receiver or just taking off running himself. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that there's uh, that there was a correct way to do it that Lance wasn't doing. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's hard to, it's just hard to fault Trey Lance for how he played that game, given how that game unfolded. He was under pressure almost every snap. Uh, the weather and the footing was not great, although both teams are dealing with that, so I don't want to use it as an excuse. But it it just, you know, definitely 
seemed like there was a lot out of outside of Trey Lance's control that I wouldn't necessarily fault him for. Obviously, certainly not providing him excuses. Tim Camaro says, shitty weather fucked us up. <laughs> uh, disclaimer. Uh, cover the kids' ears. Uh, it was a part of it, but both teams were playing in it. I would assume the Bears are much more used to that type of weather than the 49ers are. But again, the 49ers were gifted a large portion of that game. It was either not raining or barely raining, and that was the portion of the game where they allowed the Bears to uh, take a lead. And when the 49ers needed to come from behind, there was no way they were doing that because the weather creeped in. So to me, it was more about opportunity and pissing the game away than it was being a victim of the weather. As bad as it was. Ohio State Niners says, Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan's game preparation. And it just shows uh, guys maniacally laughing and crying as they laugh. So that's that's good contribution. Sportsaholic 707, Kyle Shanahan has been carried by his defense and is below 500 in year six with an undisciplined team. Uh, I, mean, I mean, sure, I, I wouldn't say... He's been carried by anything in, in, in essence. He's had a good defense. They've had a good offense. Uh, the below 500 thing just doesn't really hold water to me when you consider what the team went through on, on course for below 500. I mean, in the beginning of 2017, you're dealing with a roster that's barely yours. And you've, you're starting a ton of young players because of the fact that you're reconstructing a roster. And then you're also dealing with a, a, an offense that doesn't have its starting quarterback for a huge chunk of time which is why they went with Trey Lance. So I'm not necessarily – I've never really felt like the below 500 defined Kyle Shanahan in any way. I think if the NFL had like a head coach draft, I think Kyle Shanahan would go top five. So it's like uh, – it's – I don't know. Maybe I'm more favorable towards Kyle Shanahan than most. I just think that there's a lot of context to be had in that discussion that other NFL teams would understand. Anyways, we're moving on. John said, how many games can SF afford to lose while evaluating Trey Lance's readiness to start for what we think is a Super Bowl contender? Well, keywords, what we think is a Super Bowl contender. The 49ers did not play like a Super Bowl contender. They lost to what we expect to be one of the worst, worst teams in the NFL. So the evaluation of Trey Lance and his readiness really, to me, didn't factor into that loss all that much. Of course, it had there were like Trey said, he missed some throws, and of course that that plays into it. You know, missing a touchdown throw to Tyler Croft is a big deal. But to me, the the walls were crumbling on all sides of the building. It wasn't just like Trey Lance was the only one just suffering through it. G Buster forty nine Greenlaw had an awful game that he did. That he did. Even my dad in our louder racing group chat that we typically use for. Formula One uh, races back and forth. Uh, he he said, what's up with 57? So, yeah, Dre Greenlaw had a really, really rough game. H the Dawn says, O-line pass, bro, didn't look great. No, it didn't. That is one of my biggest takeaways from this game. It was one of my X-Factors of the game coming into it when we were breaking it down during the week. Uh, is the 49ers offensive line going to be a problem? And it was. The interior of the offensive line seemed like it was routinely giving up pressure. And Mike McGlinchey, who you would consider to be one of the more uh, reliable, dependable aspects of this offensive line, when you compare it to the interior, looked just as bad as anybody. So the 49ers could be in trouble if that offensive line doesn't get coached up and find its footing. Because that was, it was a pretty poor showing. I'm sure the film analysis that's going to take place afterwards, along with the pro football focus grades, uh, are probably going to reflect that. David says, in order, one, penalties. Yes, horrible. We, we know this. Two, weather. We are not a mud team, and losing your number one running back and tight end in this weather makes it worse. It's a good point. You know, losing Elijah Mitchell along with already losing George Kittle for the entire game does change things. Absolutely. You can't just discount George Kittle. It's not like you're just losing him in the pass game. You're losing him in... Uh, the way he plays the game in the, during the run and the way he blocks and how teams have to account for him and how they align to those plays. So definitely an aspect. Three, the O-line is bad, and they need to improve ASAP to give Trey Lance a, ch a chance. I agree. Four, Rust. Yeah, but, I mean, it's everybody's first game. I, wouldn't, I couldn't blame Rust. Trey needs, to, uh, Trey needs more play time. Jimmy would not have done better. Uh, and then uh, late night Niners replied to, tried to that. Jimmy would have won this game. I promise you that. I do not think... Jimmy Garoppolo would have won that game. 
especially when you consider how many times Trey Lance was under pressure and was able to create something from it, even if it's just a moderate game, whereas I would assume Jimmy Garoppolo would probably have been sacked. But again, that's hypotheticals. We didn't witness that. It is what it is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeremy Greenlee. Trey, I like that name for some reason. Jeremy Greenlee. Like it's just, it flows right off the tongue, right? Trey should slide into defenders for an easy 15 yards since the rest were throwing flags every time, regardless if Fields was the one initiating the contact. Um, there was one flag where Fields is going out of bounds and Dre Greenlaw kind of fell on him that I think didn't need to be thrown. And then there was the other one where Aziz Alshair just clearly hit him in the head at a slide. Now, again, to me, the NFL needs to start defining the yardage in which a quarterback needs to initiate a slide. And if they wait any longer than that, the flag should be on the quarterback. Either you are going to treat yourself like a runner and you're going to run heads up into the defense, or you're going to slide with more than enough room because there's so many times, and Russell Wilson was notorious for this, or is, where quarterbacks will just wait incredibly long times to slide the very last second, and a defender has already initiated his tackle. And he can't, there's not a whole lot he can do when he's starting to initiate a tackle that's aimed at the hips, and then a defender slides, and now you're aiming at his head. We've seen it time and time again. I do think that a quarterback slide that's too late should result in a penalty on the quarterback, but I'm not going to act like this in that case was the problem. It was definitely a little late, but I've always said something like that. All right, Black Star says, Dre Greenlaw. I'm assuming that is a bad tweet for Dre Greenlaw. All it says is Dre Greenlaw, exclamation points. But yeah, I'm assuming you're saying that he also had a bad game, which we know. Kev is having his 253rd Joker origin story in 22. All right, Kev, uh, let's go. Undisciplined, absolutely terrible penalties, 100%. We talked about it. You know, it it, it really did define the game uh, more than anything else, I'd say. Two offensive line getting wrecked seemingly every single play. Yep, we're all seeing it. Three, Lamps was glimpses of potential. For sure, for sure. I thought he made some great throws. I thought he had a good demeanor. Um, I thought he was in on a lot of plays making the most of what was available, but you also had some glimpses of bad too, but that's just going to be the case. That's going to be the case. Play calling is eh. feels like each time Lance has started Kyle's play calling was way too conservative. It's tough for me to judge, especially in those conditions. I, uh, you know, I, from uh, my perspective, I didn't really see anything terribly wrong with the play calls. I, I just saw stuff that was terribly wrong with the execution. Now, a play call, certain play calls cannot be executed based on the defensive front they're facing. Like, you can call a horrible play call that no matter how well it's executed, it can't work because it just doesn't match up to what the defense is giving you. So, it's tough to know which is which without really breaking down the game um, in, in a more detailed sense. Scott Havel, Havel, Havel. Uh, Hufanga is really good. Yes, Hufanga is at the very end of my notes. 
as leaving with a positive. I guess we can hit it right now. Talanoa Hufunga was all over the place. He finished the game with 11 total tackles, two tackles for loss, an interception, and a pass breakup. Talanoa Hufunga had a game. He was really good, really impressive, and made me think that the 49ers might not miss Jaquaski Tart as much as they thought they were. But again, that's just one game. Great players do it consistently. Philip Donahue, no, no attempt to establish a run game. The run game is the 49ers' identity. Looked like early 2021 and penalties. Penalties, of course. Um, I mean, let's see. The 49ers ran the ball 37 times. Now, a decent chunk of those will be Trey Lance scrambles, but the 49ers ran the ball 37 times for 176 yards and 4.8 yards a carry. That's a decent rushing outing. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say that the 49ers didn't establish a run, especially when the 49ers scored on a run play to Debo Samuel. Uh, And we'll get get to him later. It may be the last thing we do on this podcast. So I wouldn't say that the 49ers didn't establish a run. You know, they ran the ball the same amount of times as the Bears, but produced almost 80 more yards. So it, it seemed like it was enough. It just, the way the game unfolded, just made it to where it didn't even matter. It was wild. Michael says, good news, NFC West goes 0-4. Another Rams loss in a real, but at least the Rams had the dignity, the dignity of losing to the Bills, whereas the 49ers lost to the Bears. Um, Seahawks, I'm assuming, did they already lose? Are they going to lose? When did the Seahawks play? Or do they play Monday against the Broncos? I don't know. I haven't looked at it all. To me, that's kind of, that's so funny. Like, Russell will, I, it, I, I wonder if the NFL cares to do they do are they trying to make it look like these NFL games are randomly chosen? You know, like is that does that even yeah, uh Monday Broncos and Seahawks. Do they care? Like to me it's just funny that the first game of the year after Russell Wilson gets traded is his new team against his former team. And and so I don't think the 49ers, or excuse me, I don't see the NFL cares if it's blatantly obvious that they're just cherry picking games. But doesn't that kind of, I mean, is that weird? No, it's a business, 100%. You know, these games are going to get mad ratings and make a lot of money. But do you guys think that it, that there's almost like an integrity thing to it, that you're just cherry picking matches. I don't know. It seems like, you know, obviously you face your own division twice. You face a different division throughout the NFL. And then there's random games thrown into the mix. And maybe those are the games that the NFL says, these are the ones that we're going to be very purposeful on. So we can get some crazy games, some mad ratings and get some really good headlines. But I don't know. It seems just a little weird. Maybe I'm off, but in the end, the NFL is a business and they're going to do what it takes. Todd uh, said, is this a replay? And it was an article about the fourth quarter collapse in the 49ers loss to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Not sure it relates considering the 49ers, considering the, the circumstances and who the 49ers were playing, but no matter what, it certainly was a collapse. No BS. Need to get Debo involved in the passing game. Lance needs to slide. Defense has to be more disciplined. We need Kittle on the field. Clean up the slop. Yep. I mean, that's... Those are all good things. You know, the, the, the passing game was hit or miss uh, throughout the, the game. Debo certainly could have been more involved. That's for sure. He Did he even catch a pass? No, Debo Samuel. No, he did. Wow. I'm looking at this right now. Debo Samuel caught two passes for 14 yards, and he was targeted eight times. I know a lot of those were little, like, dump-offs and stuff. But, man, two completions on eight attempts, that's rough. That's That's rough right there. All right, let us continue. Lance needs to slide. Yeah, there were definitely some plays in there where, where Kyle Shanahan probably would rather Lance slid than, uh, than than go heads up, but he seemed okay after the press conference, but that's probably not sustainable. Enrique Gonzalez, the issue is that this may be a tiebreaker at NFC wildcard. It may. We got a lot of games between now and then, but it definitely may. Oh, and okay, this is David. Oh, and number six, it is week one. Week one is always a mess. That's true. That's true. It is. But at the same time, you know, you're, you you can't afford the 49ers an excuse that the other team also is afforded. You know, it's just, it, it was week one for both of them. So obviously you're hoping the 49ers kind of coat, 
um, to course correct towards something a little more befitting of what they could do. Jeremiah Bollinger, the defense did a lot of good out there. It did, but was also the main catalyst for the Bears staying in the game with terrible penalties. That's a great sentence to me. The defense did a lot of good out there, but was also the main catalyst for the Bears staying in the game with terrible penalties. It's just a great way to sum it up. The defense was great at times and then absolutely horrendous at times. The whole team needs to play more discipline between penalties and turnovers, also weather. That's a great post. I, I mean, I agree. It was, uh, it, it, was, it was just a weird dichotomy between the defense and they making plays and then just com- completely collapsing. Like it just didn't seem like the same two units. How are we doing on, okay, we still have a lot of replies. So let me, I may speed it up a little bit, but I'm certainly not trying to blow anybody's reply off. This is really my life said, we are no longer running RPOs to trade quarterback. How much will this hurt us down the road? I don't know. I think that Kyle Shanahan's going to treat that stuff um, on a week-to-week basis. I think RPOs and how much Trey Lance runs the ball versus throws the ball, that's going to be entirely matchup-based. And obviously when you're in a torrential downpour, at least for part of the game, it's going to dictate how you treat it. Pete said, are we sure Kyle's a good head coach and not just a good offensive coordinator? Team very undisciplined. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kyle's a good head coach. Uh, but to me, it's it's not that these games happen that makes a bad head coach. It's do they repeat themselves? Do the 49ers fix it? That's, to me, the measure of a good head coach. If the 49ers are having these penalty issues and they're they're collapsing when it comes to opportunity, can they correct? Can they fix it? If they can't, then you're probably not doing your job as a head coach. And we've seen that so many times in the NFL. How many times have we seen teams just penalty their way into oblivion uh, multiple times a game, multiple times a season? That's the stuff that really starts to consume you. Uh, Sui Generis, I think I said that right. Tying up $20 million all summer and a quarterback you didn't want was a good idea, huh? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that the 49ers – didn't spend money that they didn't, you know, like were the 49ers going to spend that 20 million? I don't know. Should they have? It certainly looks like maybe they should have put some money into the offensive line, but I'm not sure Jimmy Garoppolo's money kept the 49ers from doing what they want during the off season, but it could have. And you know, it's easy to say that now. Ashley said Trey Lance needs to learn to slide just before contact. How many free 15 yards and fields get by doing this when the tackler couldn't avoid it. Otherwise I thought Lance had a good game. I agree. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they had a good game, but it, there were moments of it being encouraging and uh, it's, it's just hard to quantify. It wasn't as bad as maybe the result of the game or the the stats would have you believe. Uh, and again, when it comes to the sliding, I agree. I just think that the way the sliding is currently built into the NFL just inherently favors quarterbacks and is putting defenders in a really bad position. But it seems like the NFL is perfectly fine with doing that all the time when it comes to anything. So tough to work around that. Jacob says, O-line is a glaring weakness. If Trey has any chance to progress as a player, O-line needs to be better. Yep. Uh, it's it really is a dangerous thing when you think about it in terms of Trey Lance's development. If, they, if he can't get an offensive line, then He's in trouble, and the 49ers are in trouble. Ken S. said, Hufanga is legit. Yes. O-line is mediocre. Yes. Run game still solid. It was. Uh, despite getting a little bit of hate in these comments, the run game was solid, it, even though there were plenty of plays that did not work at all. So for the fact the 49ers to maintain that kind of yards per carry average is pretty impressive. Lance doing bad because of Shanny's play calling weather. This game was possibly an anomaly. I do agree with that. I think this game will likely be an anomaly, something we look back on throughout the season. Uh, again, it's just hard for me to pinpoint what Shanahan's doing wrong when it comes to play calling. I don't just want to throw that out there without really having something to back it up. Really, usually most of my complaints are situational. Uh, Derek Lamb... Lambrett? Lambrett? L-A-M-P-R-E-C-H-T. I don't, man, I hope I didn't just butcher it, but I'm positive I did. Offense turns the ball over too much. Been a problem in the Kyle Shanahan era. Defense doesn't take the ball away enough. What a sequence with Greenlaw face mask and Gibson drop ball right to him. Yep. That was tough to watch. And I believe that drive ended up being the Dante Pettis touchdown. So it's tough. It's tough. The 49ers made so many mistakes. They just You can look at them at all and how each one of them influenced the game. Dante said, sloppy game, sloppy field. My shoes are aquariums. Dante, were you at the game? 
but that's a funny comment anyways. My shoes are aquariums. I love the aquarium. Been to the Monterey Bay Aquarium many times. Zambo said, undisciplined play by the defense and poor coaching decisions in the second half. Um, what specifically poor coaching decisions were made in the second half? I mean, the whole game was just – the whole second half was just spent completely on their heels. I'm not exactly sure what coaches' decisions could have gone differently. But, again, this is always just a surface-level reaction to a game, and there's all this minutia that I have overlooked. You guys might have overlooked. We all have overlooked. So it's tough, especially after going back and looking at it. Uh, track and field 49ers. Lynch and Shanahan seem to have failed at developing an O-line. Lance is not quite ready. Jimmy W time already. Um, I, I'm not sure what Jimmy Garofalo is going to do behind this same offensive line. If, if that is the problem, and I do think it is part of the problem, what's Jimmy Garofalo going to do behind the same O-line other than being able to get the ball out really quick? But I didn't necessarily see that as a problem with Lance today. I mean, that could be a big part of the problem when it came to his interception. He just looked at that that receipt. Uh, he looked at Jennings for just a little too long on a slant and allowed that safety to kind of dart back into the play. Daniel says whole NFC West will be 0-1 after round one, so we are still on track for the championship. Hashtag positive thinking. I love it, man. I love it. Keep yourself in that mindset. Uh, Larry Barton, worst game to evaluate our new QB due to the horrible weather. Wide receivers couldn't cut for anything. Defensively, on the other hand, horrible penalties and coverage. Yeah. 100%. It really is tough to evaluate what the offense was doing. Uh, I don't, I'd don't. i have to talk to an NFL offensive lineman on does rain like this favor an offensive line, a defensive line. My gut tells me it favors an offensive line, but I really don't know. So, it, it, and, and again, if you're trying to evaluate Trey Lance, this wasn't necessarily the game to do it. And even if you are, or we will no matter what, I didn't think it was really anything worth getting worked up about. Pedro Ventura, are they still doing penalties in the locker room for fuck for F's sake? Trying to limit the cussing. Um, are they still doing penalties in the locker room? Oh, I get it. Like the 49ers probably had a flag thrown on them for excessive gloominess in the locker room. We are seeing the 49ers can't run away from any adaptation year for Trey Lance Green, as expected, but at least can run away in the pocket better than Jimmy G. Yeah, that's the the big X factor for me is how many of those plays with Jimmy Garoppolo have avoided either by his quick release um, or his own mobility, or he wouldn't have avoided them because that was just something that Trey Lance was able to do. He had some, some pretty crazy pressure dodging there going on in the game. Seth Rogers, Sean Rogers, excuse me. I just saw another flag on the Niners defense. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, it, it really was that bad. I, I'm right there with you. Brad said, if that's the play calling we can expect from the season, we may as well have Jimmy out there. Uh, again, what, did I did I miss something incredibly egregious about, egregious about the play calling? It just seemed like everything was struggling. I, I really don't know. Uh, it, it's gonna That would have to be something that I went back and watched. Shizio Stroll. Shizio Stroll. The team with the lead before the rain really starts pouring, usually wins in a game like this. That and those penalties. Crazy enough, that is what happened. You know, the Bears utilized the time that the 49ers should have utilized to get out ahead. And then by the time the 49ers needed to make something of it, it was the weather was un, unplayable. It was that bad. Aaron Erickson, you'd think two lost Super Bowls would teach Kyle that you can't let up in this league. The only way to protect a league is to keep building it. Letting up on either side of the ball is contagious. When the O gets conservative, the D loses aggression. I That isn't really what I saw. I just saw a game absolutely crumbling due to poor decisions on defense. And I, I didn't really see being conservative as a part of the problem. I, it just seemed like, you know, in that weather, you were always going to run the ball more. But if you're playing from behind, all of a sudden you're throwing the ball in weather where you don't want to throw the ball. And, and so it just seemed like a game that really spiraled out of control for the 49ers. Once those few mistakes allowed the Bears to get that lead, it was kind of over with. I'm not sure it was conservative play calling. I don't think the 49ers let up in any way. I just think that they lost control. Michael McVay, F1 was more fun to watch. Yep, shout out to Supermax, Supermax another win. And before you mention the safety car, if there wasn't a safety car, he would have won by like 15 seconds. So just relax. Um but even if they did have uh, like a green lap, I think Max would have just dr- driven away from everybody. Michael Quigliari 
Self-inflicted wounds changed the momentum. Can't blame Lance. Hard to come out there and play when the O-line was on skates and the weather didn't help either. Clean up the mistakes, and I'm still confident in in them. It's only week one. I think that's a reasonable take. I, I would I would agree with that. I am still confident in the team. Uh, it was discouraging, but I am still confident in the team. Jed, adult man. Defense is good, but can easily lose focus and make m- mental mistakes, hence the penalties and blowed coverage. The offense seems promising. The weather was not ideal to let the offense flourish, but there was some good things, and I'm just worried about Lance running over defenders. Man, I agree with you. It's a 17-game season now. Trey Lance is a young player. We kind of saw something similar with RG3. No matter how big Trey Lance is, and he is a pretty big dude, you just can't go out there and run over NFL defenders. They are built for that sort of thing, and Trey is not. So you'd like to see him limit that a little bit. Uh, Rich Lucido, absolute trap game in the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan are at their worst when they're flying high and everyone loses them. Loves them. Man, I read that horribly, dude. I'm sorry. Absolute trap game and the 49ers slash Kyle Shanahan are at their worst when they're flying high and everyone loves them. I mean, can you really have a trap game week one? Like, yes, the 49ers are 100% expected to win that, but it's like the 49ers also had a shish ton of time to prepare. They knew what they were getting into. They knew what the weather was going to be. They knew it was going to be one of those games, especially after they had it recently with Washington. Man, it's just that that's hard to uh it, it it's hard to envision that as a trap game, but I I get what you're saying. All right, we've got Danny. If all the NFC West teams lose, then it's just an annoying loss if we become more disciplined going forward. Also, Jimmy Ward is a huge loss. 100%. Yeah, Jimmy Ward's presence was felt out there. At the very least, his uh his decision making, you know, and kind of being an anchor for that defense. Uh, but I mean, there's still tiebreakers with other NFC teams as well, other NFC tiebreakers. So it's not necessarily, it doesn't absolve the 49ers of the loss because all the rest of the NFC West is going to lose, but that is your most immediate threat to the playoffs. So I get that. All right, we're almost done. Alan Chi said, probably best to put off the tray evaluations till next week with all of that rain. Most fans won't be okay with that though. Some have their pitchforks out. Yeah, of course we talked about that. It's you're inevitably going to have reactions that are just insane like that. And I don't think people realize, I mean, I want Trey Lance to be good as soon as he can be. So that this team that's built to win can win, but at the same time, you have to be ready to be patient with Trey Lance, no matter how much the 49ers are in win now mode, they signed up for a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback. And you're just going to have to ride that out. You know, no one, in the Bills organization is upset that they were patient with Josh Allen. And I get it. That's kind of just the cop-out example for Trey Lance and what his career path could be. But it's the reality of it. You just have to be patient. You just have to be patient. Uh, you know, whether number one overall really doesn't matter. If it's a young quarterback, you're going to have to give him time. And that's just the way it is. Last but certainly not least, we've got Michael McVay. I get that we have to deal with trades and experience. I thought he played well at times. I do feel the weather had a huge influence on this game, of course, but the inner O line wasn't helping at all. Not at all. The D was awesome. Minus two big plays. Got to fix the penalties too. They can fix this. And I think that's a great last comment to end on because I do believe they can fix this. And there is probably something to be said about getting your ego in check in week one. The 49ers lost to the Bears and it was a horrible loss. But it was a loss that has some asterisks, some weird scenarios, some poor penalties. It keeps the 49ers in check and maybe sets them on a path that ends up being more successful throughout the season. But that also could be like NFL jargon doesn't matter. It's cooler to talk about than it is in reality. Um, But there, like I said, there could be some benefit to the 49ers coming out this way and and never feeling like they've got shit under control. Uh, Cause they've got some stuff to fix, but man, that was one hell of a, a, a sequence of takeaways. Uh, hopefully I got everybody's and I didn't miss anything in there. Um, I really appreciate you guys for coming through with all those takeaways. That's legit, man. That is a great way to start the season. And hopefully next week, whenever we can get some takeaways that are more positive that you guys can get into. Um, it's just the way it is. It's just, it's the way it is. 
after a game like that, you know, and I'm excited for the fact that the season's begun. I'm sorry that the 49ers didn't start it out with how you wanted it, but it is what it is. 17 games. That's only week one. Let's ride this thing out. Um, and, and again, just thank you for jumping in that, that Twitter comment and leaving me your takeaways. Hopefully if you left me a comment, you are on the podcast listening right now. And I, uh, and I touched on your comment, but Hey, 46 minutes of you listening to me talk while it sounds like one of my nostrils nostrils is plugged. So if you are still here and you haven't just been annoyed off the off the podcast by now, I really appreciate it. You're a true true fan of the pod. Um but hey, I mean, we're going to come back at you guys a little later this week. We'll probably break down uh this game in a little more detail and then preview uh the 49ers week 2 matchup against the who is it? I've already forgotten the 49ers schedule. We, you know, I could just use coach jargon. Like, hey, we're just we're taking it one week at a time here. We're really not looking forward to next week. The Seahawks, of course, um, and I believe is that the 49ers' home debut? No, it's not. All right, or maybe it is. I should probably know these things. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. I'm gonna figure it out right now. Is the Seahawks game a home game? Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it is. What an idiot I am. How did I not know this? You guys are probably on the other end of the speaker and saying, yes, it is. You idiot. Louder. What? How could you not know this? Sorry. Got a lot coming at me. But hey, like I said, yesterday, middle school game, had our second game of the season, and we won 36-6, to and we are now 2-0. So at least somebody is out there winning. I promise you. Um, we're, we're still doing the damn thing, uh, at least in some form. It may not be the 49ers, but it's the Kasner Thunderbirds. And, uh, and we're out there still representing striking gold in a positive light, but Hey, I appreciate everybody. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, whatever app you're listening to it on, jump on there, give us a review. I prefer a positive review, but I don't want you to leave us a positive review. If you don't believe in it, if your heart's not in it, make sure you're downloading, subscribing, listening, all that good stuff. But hey, you you already know what it is. It it wasn't the way we wanted to start out, but it started nonetheless. We are moving forward. We got 16 games left of the regular season. Let's roll. Or whatever Russell Wilson says. Let's ride. Like, God, he just is so corny. It's unbearable. Anyways, appreciate you guys. But for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. We're signing out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com